Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to another season of the Geek Town Podcast. Once again, I'm talking to some of the US greatest current composers, and this week I got to have a video chat on Skype with Dan Litch. Dan was the composer on Dexter, Body of Proof, and also worked on various horror movies and video games such as the Brilliant Dishonored and the Silent Hill franchise. As ever, if you want more news or info on the return or renewal of any TV show in the UK, visit the main website at geektown.co.uk. Hope you enjoy the interview. Hi, Dan. Oh, hi, David. How are you? Good. Sorry, sorry I'm late. I just, I just spaced out. Um, I didn't realise it was so late. It's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> So how how are you doing? I'm pretty good. good. How about yourself? What, you're in, you're in England. Yes, yes, I'm in England. Uh, you are you in LA at the moment? I'm in LA. So what time is it there? Uh, you- it's it's about twenty past seven in the evening. Okay. <laughs> so it's, it's not too late. It's okay. Okay. That's good. I was I was a little concerned about whether I was going to make it or not because uh, there was a, a big traffic accident on my way home. So, <laughs> oh, okay. So that sounds sounds like it's uh, perfect timing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's actually been quite good. Yeah, I was I was on the M6, which is kind of like the uh, the 405 of England. So, <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> no. So yeah, it's uh, it's nice for you to uh, to talk to you and for to agree to the interview. Um, I really just sort of thought I, I've done a number of these talking to uh, composers uh, and uh, it's just nice to sort of uh, catch up and see what you're up to at the moment and uh, uh, and just have a chat about your work really sure sure yeah why don't, why don't you tell me a little bit about how you uh, how you got into composing in the first place um, well I uh I started doing commercials. I mean, I, I composed for, as from a very early age, but um, just kind of fun, nothing serious. I mean, I did some, you know, some small pieces for piano and whatever. And even even when I was in grade school, I I worked with a computer and did some random generated music. And so I've always messed around. And I played in uh, jazz groups and wrote some music for them. Yeah, but. 
but professionally, I started doing commercials in New York City. That was my first work. Cool. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you you grew up in Detroit and then and then moved to New York. Uh, yeah, I grew up in Detroit. I went to school in Massachusetts and then moved uh, from there to New York City. Cool. Okay. And then you were while you were in New York, you were you were playing with uh, you were hanging out with Miles Davis. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was, uh, I mean, I was, I was playing jazz at the time. I was, you know, also playing world music as well, studying gamelan and was, had a kind of a very eclectic, eclectic time in New York. But, um, a friend of mine, uh, had moved across the street from miles on 77th street on the West side, a friend of mine, a guitar player. Okay. And we just ended up befriending miles at the time he wasn't performing and he was just, he had a lot of free time on his hands and we just ended up. <laughs> Hanging out with him, going over to his house, watching <laughs> movies. You know? Awesome. So, and, and actually, while we were there, they, they they used to have something called a milesathon on the on the radio, right? Um, where they would just like uh, the, the the public television, public uh, radio stations, uh, WNYC, I think it was, would do like play all of Miles Davis's music for three days straight. <laughs> And we were hanging out with him at that time, and so Miles was was would we had the radio, and he was he'd be going like, "Man, I was bad." And, I was bad. <laughs> and so he decided to start playing again. At that point, and so he gave, he gave his trumpet to me and Clemente. We took it down and had it fixed, and you know, so we were kind of it was, it was just, but you know, we were very young and we didn't realize, you know, it was, this just seemed normal to us at the time. <laughs> so, how how old were you when when this is going on? I was in my early twenties. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But I was I was uh, in, you know, and I play I played with Don Cherry and yeah, and I would I would do crazy things like I went to a club and. You know, um, Felonious Monk's sax player was playing at this club, and you know, I, I, I just said, "Hey, you know, I've done all these arrangements for guitar of these Felonious Monk tunes. Do you want to come over to, to my house and play?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." So he comes over, and we we play music, and then he leaves, and it's like, you know, it was just like that's it. You know, Felonious Monk sax player came over, and we played these tunes, and it was no commercial interchange at all. But I mean, it's like you don't. At the time, you didn't think, oh, I can't do that. You know, I just did it. <laughs> That's awesome. That was, uh, that was a, a, a fairly good start in uh, in kind of your music career. And then uh, you traveled quite a lot as well, didn't you? You, you talked about using gamelan. Uh, uh, you, you went to Japan and Indonesia, and you were playing gamelan uh, orchestra and stuff. Well, I actually ended up, uh, my parents actually ended up just coincidentally moving to Indonesia. Oh, okay. When I was in my 20s. And so, um, you know, they asked, they asked me oh, if it would be okay with me if they, all, they moved. I'm like, great. Go. <laughs> I'll visit. So I used to go, I would go and visit them like every year or so. And then I'd go and spend a week with them and go off and study gamelan music off somewhere in the, in some, off in the island of Java, I'd go to Bali and study there. So, um, and then you know I, I traveled through Japan on the way there, and yeah, and, and uh, also I lived in you know, I lived in Europe for a while, so I was, I was traveling around a bit at that point. Cool. Well, it's a good age to do it. So. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and and then um, you you ended up settling in LA because uh, your your friend Christopher Young suggested moving there. Is that right? Well, yeah, yeah. That's he was kind of like if you want to do. I, I got interested in doing music for film, and he he was basically said if you want to do that, you have to be here. This is you know this is where the action is. <laughs> yeah. And so I so I moved out. I had a I had a pretty successful. Um, business doing music for advertising that I just basically left. I just packed it up and left. Wow. I, I kept some of my clients from here, but you know, eventually they're, you know, out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> yeah. I just let that go, you know? Yeah. So yeah. And then you started doing, uh, you started doing fil- film music. You, you did some work for, uh, the, 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 one of the Hellraiser movies you did and some of the other horror kind of genre pieces as well yeah i did uh one of the hellraiser sequels i did children of the corn two and three <laughs> uh, and actually children of the corn two was the first actually was the first uh well, there's two things about it it was the first um uh what was that what is that called um dimension films Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's the fame. It's the spin-off of Miramax. That. that um, yeah. So Hellraiser was also a Dimension film. Um, so I, I did some of those Dimension films, and then I did you know some Amityville's, but then I also did some thrillers. So I sort of managed to get away from the horror yeah. sequels. Yeah. Do you, were you a fan of the horror genre before you kind of got into that, or was it just you felt you found that it, it fitted your musical style? Um, I, I was a fan, but I wasn't, it, I, I wasn't just, uh, I mean, uh, I, I enjoyed, you know, good horror films. I always, you know, I liked, yeah. I liked The Exorcist and, yeah. you know, Friday the 13th. I, yeah. I liked that. But it also just happened to kind of fit my eclectic style. Yeah. There's something about horror films that you can bring in a lot of influences. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you tend to... Uh, use instruments in a kind of quite an interesting way. I, I saw a video clip earlier today of you uh, using a, a bow on a glockenspiel, I think it was, which I thought was great. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, where, oh, yeah I, I wonder where you saw that because I'm trying to find that myself. Uh, it was on, uh, if, if, you, uh, if you Google you and, and uh, it's on YouTube, there's a, a, oh, okay. a clip of it on YouTube. Um, yeah, no, I, I I just thought that that's uh, that's great. So you and you and do, do you collect kind of odd instruments as well, or or is it just taking kind of standard instruments and kind of using them in different ways? I oh, I collect instruments from all over. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and then I like to try and play instruments in in unique ways. Yeah, uh, yeah. You you've got. Um, uh, the, 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 your bio was saying that you've got some instruments made out of human bone. Oh no, no, I've used them. I don't actually have them. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, I had I uh, gotten uh, I approached a woman named um, Elizabeth Waldo. Right. And I don't know if you and she's actually kind of she has some records out from the like the sixties. She did a lot of Aztec kind of exotica a la les baxter kind of sound okay cool really cool stuff but she she had a collection of um pre-columbian native american instruments that she had collected right 
And I approached her about using um, some of her human bone instruments for for Dexter, cool. and she 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 agreed to it. And and she told me that I think you know she, she said I hope you understand I hope you know that you're the first person I've let use this use <laughs> these instruments. Maurice Jar and other composers had approached me, but I would never let them use my instruments. <laughs> well, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's if she really liked my music because I sent her some of my music. Yeah. Or just really needed the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I spoke to um, Nate Bart last year, who yeah. um, uh, is a great composer as well. And, and I know he has a human bone trumpet, apparently. Uh, <laughs> my neighbor. Uh, is he really? <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, seriously. He lives next door. I mean, <laughs> you, I'll show you. <laughs> His house is down there. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I I kind of know know whereabouts in LA you are now. <laughs> yeah, in Topanga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he was he was saying he's he's building a, a, a an organ into his. When I was talking to him last year, he's, he's building a new organ thing into his uh, building. I think. Yeah. Into a new yeah. studio. Um, yeah. I told him you better watch out watch out with those bass notes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Now I imagine that could be quite noisy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to get woken up in the middle of the night with a seven foot C. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's, uh, he, he said he, he got it from one of the studios. It's, it's like a well, it's a sort of thing from one of the studios. Yeah, it's from, <laughs> from Fox, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. My brother, yeah. my brother's um, uh, an organ, like to play church organ and that sort of stuff, and would absolutely kill for something like that in his house. I think his wife would murder him, but. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. So, um, where, when you're, um, yeah, it seems we've mentioned Dexter, uh, how did you come about doing, uh, doing that? Uh, where did that gig come from? Well, I got um, I got recommended for the job by uh, music supervisor Gary Calamar. Okay. Gary's a music supervisor on Dexter, True Blood. Uh, he did uh, Six Feet Under. He's on a bunch of really great shows. <laughs> yeah, great shows. And I've known him for years, and um, uh, and I think that I had some, I had sort of a combination of things that they wanted that that nobody else had. I I had some Latin music that I had done because I've I've done some comedy as well. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think um, that's you know what got me the gig is that I had kind of the the 
the slasher music and the the, the lighter Latin feel. Yeah. So. Yeah. How do you how much do you get given when you're working on a TV show? Do you do you get given the final thing or cuz I know the deadlines can be very tight on these sort of shows. Uh, I mean I try to be given the the final cut, but sometimes I'll just get a rough cut. Okay. Um but uh it's usually pretty close or they'll they'll tell me okay, we're going to change this and this scene or this and that scene. Um I really don't like working on it until it's locked. Yeah. You know? But um, you got to do what you got to do. But yeah, sometimes deadlines are just really tight, and you just whatever you can do to get a head start is always good. <laughs> yeah. Do you um, are you working generally? Do you work, try and work on one project at a time, or are you you working on multiple things? Uh, I'm usually working on on multiple things. It's kind of hard not to, you know. <laughs> yeah. Because you you don't really nobody really wants to turn down a project, especially if it's good. And projects are always moving, so yeah, yeah. So yeah. You, you turn something down, and then it moves the schedule. You're like, ah, damn. <laughs> and most people are pretty understanding about you know being able to work uh, uh, shuffling schedules around. I mean, the tightest thing, I, tightest time I ever had. I was doing Dexter, Body of Proof. Uh, the game Silent Hill. Wow. Video game, uh, video game Dishonored all at the same time. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That got a little hectic. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you, uh, with, with you getting kind of stuff locked, uh, you know, hopefully locked for, for TV shows, um, how's the process work with, um, uh, with video games? Because, obviously, that's got to be a very different thing to deal with. Well, uh, video games, you you get less material. Yeah, they tend to want the music earlier because they basically they want to get they want to make sure that everybody's on the same page creatively. Yeah, where they haven't even they haven't even animated a lot of this stuff. Right. So with a video game, I'll you know you get like line drawings, you know, so this pan <laughs> scan line, line drawings. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. It's hard to get the tone from that, but you just sort of have to kind of figure, well, I'm going to go this way. Yeah. And then, and then you'll start to get the cinematics, you know, as it goes. Um, you get more and more, but, but it's not like you, you're not, you're not going to get the whole finished product and then, then say, okay, go to work. You know, you got to pick and like I'm working on a video game right now where I'm writing the main theme for it. Right. Okay. All I've seen, all I've seen is paintings. You know, <laughs> a story of paintings. Wow. Can you say what that game is, or is it? Uh, still under unfortunately, us? I can't. Okay. I wish I could. You know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Can't, yeah. You fun. can't say it until it's already done. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I know what it's like. I mean, I um, I I didn't really play much of the Silent Hill games, but I I played um, uh, Dishonored, uh, which was a great game, uh, and the music really adds to the atmosphere of that. It's it's really uh, really fun. Um, so, yeah, are you are you, um, are you much of a gamer yourself, or do you, do you use it purely the music? Well, I mean, I I love playing games, but I don't have time to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that tends to be the case with, with most of the composers they talk to that do the video game stuff. Yeah, like, I, if I get five I, minutes, I mean, you know, occasionally when I get a job, I'm like, okay, but like, especially for Dishonored, I mean, 
decided, okay, well, I better do some research. <laughs> yeah. And so I bought a bunch of, you know, games. That, you know, <laughs> I got Assassin's Creed and whatever, you know, and just like... Uh, yeah. But, but um, I don't know how much that was really research and how much of that was an excuse. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I'm like that with the website. It's like, uh, well, I could buy this for review, you know, but <laughs> then you get stuck into it and the review never gets good. <laughs> right. Um, do you have a, a favorite out of uh, the the genres to write for? Do you prefer writing for games or TV, or is it just nice to have a mix of sort of film, TV, gaming? Uh, I, I, I think it's nice to have a mix. I mean, uh, the games are nice because they tend to be a little more experimental. Yeah. You know, less, um, there's, there's less people and well, there's a lot of people involved, but I don't know. They're less, um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's, you know, a, a you're creating a world and it's not so critical what the music is like the, the the life of a video game is not so dependent on the music yeah that's with a with a film or a tv show that the music can make or break it you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, uh, I i know what you mean so um so it but and it's nice like with the silent hill they just kind of like left me in my corner and and let me do what i want you know just <laughs> go crazy yeah. there was, it was there was no no limits on I me mean, on what you could do in silent hill it's like nothing was too weird <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it is kind of that sort of game i guess so so that's kind of cool i mean it was just sort of like um and then uh you know films are are, are fun because you kind of got to go into this intense world and then put a lot of you get you kind of get in there and then you finish a film and then you're gone and a tv show is more like uh you're getting involved with a family you know yeah especially yeah. if it's a successful show you have a long you have long-term relationships with uh with the producers and yeah yeah and that's kind of nice to have like a, a gang that you see all the time yeah like with, with films or you know it's kind of like okay well film's done hey Nice seeing you. You know, <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe see them again. Maybe you won't. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. So uh, you um, you did some uh, additional work for uh, the Blacklist as well, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Uh, so how how does that work? Are you sort of I, I I'm not sure who the main who the the, the sort of main composer is on that, but do, are you fitting in with somebody else's style at that point, or are you kind of? Well, no, I I actually. I actually did, I just sort of, I just kind of actually, I didn't do that much on it, quite honestly, but <laughs> I think they've been using the music, some of the music. I just wrote some music for the first episode. Okay, I see. And I actually yeah. did it. I got hired. They were desperate a little bit, and I kind of like helped them out of a jam. Uh, uh, I don't know. I guess they've just been using some of my cues because I'm on, listed on a bunch of them. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm, not an on, I'm not an ongoing composer on the blacklist, but evidently... Something I haven't watched it, so I don't know what they're using. But evidently, something I've written has become part of the sound there. I don't know what it is. <laughs> okay, I'll have to go back and look, see if I can I can figure it out from there. It's it's a really good show, actually. It's uh, it's been running over here. The first season's now finished, so mm -hmm. 
So yeah, nobody. So I'll have to go back and see if I can spot where your cues are. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know either. I, <laughs> I have watched. So, um, what are you doing next? You're currently working on the Red Road. Is that right? The um, yeah. uh, Jason Moma uh, uh, show, new show. Yeah, uh, Sundance Channel. Yeah, I just. Um, well, I just finished the Dexter season eight CD. Okay, I know. Um, and uh, it's going to be good. I did a lot of work on it. Um, I I actually uh, worked with some singer songwriters, and we came up with two songs, two original songs for the CD. Oh, cool! And um, I put some of uh, the live concert pieces on as well. Oh, cool! Yeah. And then plus, uh, so there's about 60 minutes of music. So it's going to be, it's a fun CD. Cool, cool, cool. So did, when's, is that out now or is... Uh... That'll be out end of July. Cool, okay. Oh, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that. That, that sounds good. And then um, I'm going to about to start working on the second season of The Red Road for the Sundance Channel. Oh, excellent. Okay. And I'm working on the, this mystery video game. <laughs> I can't announce yet. So that, those are your the, the main projects at the moment. Are the, yeah. uh, the are those two plus plus renovating this house, which I just moved into with with my wife. Oh, very nice. <laughs> which is uh, it's a Harry Gesner, uh, who's a somewhat famous architect. But, yeah, uh, very interesting kind of arches and stuff in there. It's uh, it's very cool. Well, in fact, its its claim to fame is that um, Jimi Hendrix was in escrow for this house when he died. Really? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's what you want. It's like sort of uh, famous history for it to to house. That's what you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's every room in the house is round. Oh wow! Yeah, you see how it's all circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's um, very cool. Uh, and you know that his uh, Electric Lady and Ladyland studio was all round. Okay, right. So, um, hence, I think his interest in, in the place. So, <laughs> awesome. no surprise if you see the ghost of of Jimi Hendrix walking behind me, <laughs> or be surprised. <laughs> yeah, no, that that would be a bit of a shock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. So. Um, there's, there's there's one question I, I usually ask when I'm talking to the composers, which is, um, is there a TV show out, out there, sort of, either currently on air uh, or, or now off air, that you would have loved to have been the composer for? Oh, um, hmm. Well, Breaking Bad, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Such an awesome that's, series. That's yeah. like the best series on tv <laughs> and also the other thing that's great about it is is that there's so little music in it yeah yeah it's it's weird i've had a couple of people say say that they uh that they like shows that don't you know the composer's sort of saying oh i like i like this show it doesn't have much music in it <laughs> well it really gives it you know makes the music important when you don't layer too much music in yeah 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 and yeah. you can tell that um and you have more time to really make whatever music you're doing great, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that that that'd be a good show to work on. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, uh, I think I've gone through most of my questions. So uh, just to to say uh, thanks to for talking to me. It's uh, it's 
be really nice and like, nice to see your house as well which is lovely <laughs> right, great. thank you very much <laughs> hope the renovation work goes well <laughs> all right thanks okay cool. nice talking to you too nice talking to you cheers okay bye bye when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy mail checks invoices legal documents and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89 percent off usps and ups rates and with the stamps.com mobile app you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with stamps.com sign up with code program for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.